the Parkinson Spiegel Show. I mean, you guys are the best team in Chicago. Everybody knows that. We all know that the afternoon show is not afraid of anything, really. Yeah. But afternoons on the score. First and goal, they try to shove Hurts over the end zone, waiting for a signal. He's in, touchdown, Eagles. And now they have to go for two for the tie, you would think. The 46-yard pass to Smith sets up Hurts with another rushing touchdown, a Super Bowl record, by the way, for quarterbacks. That's his third. I thought that game was incredible. And yeah, the team that won is the team I bet on and wanted to win. I said during the week, I like the Chiefs. I like the over. The Chiefs and the over came in. It was a profitable day. My friends and family were happy. It was, I had, I had a lot of rooting interest uh, in the outcome of that game. But I also, from a football standpoint, was blown away by Jalen Hurts. Because I knew everything there was to know about Pat Mahomes. I didn't really learn anything new about him. He just wrote another incredible chapter into what is going to be an Mm all-time career. With Hurts, you remember, man, the day after Bears-Eagles, I came out of that game being like, man, I'm not convinced that Jalen Hurts is better than Justin Fields. That, like, that game would have been more lopsided if Justin Fields would have been on the Eagles and Jalen Hurts would have been on the Bears and it was, he's got four great offensive linemen and two great receivers and a good tight end and an offensive aggressive head coach and a good running back and a great defense and they always win time of possession. How impressed am I really supposed to be by this guy? And then he never really got challenged. They didn't, they, they lost, when he was hurt, they lost games. And that kind of made him seem more impressive and like a bigger piece of it, right? Including a bad loss to, to New Orleans. Um but they didn't really get challenged with him out there this year. It was just a weird schedule. And they got challenged in this game. And he elevated a lot of what they do. He threw for over 300 yards. He was their leading rusher. He spread the ball around. Nine targets to Devontae Smith, eight to A.J. Brown, seven to Dallas Goddard. Tight window throws. And while I'm glad he lost... Uh, If he would have won, the narrative of the running quarterback can't win the Super Bowl would have officially ended. It should end anyway. Oh, I know. Don't you think so? It it should have been over well before that performance, but I am genuinely curious because I thought it should have been over with Cam Newton. If Cam Newton could go 15-1, and win the NFC Championship, and then lose the Super Bowl Hmm. when he had double-digit rushing touchdowns that year and was the MVP of the league... How could you say, well, he lost the last game, so a running quarterback can't actually win the Super Bowl? Lamar Jackson's won playoff games. Kaepernick's won playoff games. Greg, Vicks, Greg Vicks Roman won playoff and games. Kaepernick went there and got to a Super Bowl. You know, so I, I never believed in the narrative, but we, we heard it a ton this year about Justin Fields. And then you see Jalen Hurts run for 70, throw mm. for 300, combine for four touchdowns, and when it was nut cutting time and they were inside the 10-yard line, they ran the ball, and they ran the ball, and he power ran the ball, and he ran for the two-point Yeah, they conversion. ran with him. How about fourth and five? They run him, yeah, and he makes the move and sheds a tackle so, over and over and over again. They, they used, like, quarterback power like f- like four different times and and two of them for touchdowns 
It, it it was it was remarkable. And so I just I'm thinking about Justin Fields, and I'm I'm thinking about how many conversations we are going to have in the next 72 days before mm. the draft and then the next four months after that ahead of the season to see, see if he takes that year three leap, year two in the system. And then if he's the guy that you and I both think he is, man, we are going to have some version of this conversation until he wins a Super Bowl for the Bears. It could be a decade. It could be his entire career of like, can this style of play really win big? I feel like we just got example A. Like that Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl putting up 35 against the Chiefs. Uh-huh. Yes, you can win this way. Let's end the debate. He didn't, but he absolutely played well enough to win. I, you can win this way. You can win you it. You 100% can. And that's why this starting point that we found with Fields – after the mini pie and the rest of the way is a wonderful starting point. It is objectively uh, like a, a, an absolutely acceptable starting point for a franchise quarterback. Now he's got to go next level. And that comes with the added help, the added wide receivers and the added offensive line. But really what Jalen hurts has shown and showed again yesterday when he's healthy is the accuracy. I, I thought his accuracy, you referenced some of the tight window throws, some of them were absurdly aggressive and bold and remarkable to Goddard on the sideline a couple of times. Yeah, the Goddard two throws I thought were his best. The th- the touchdown throw to uh, Brown was awesome. Yeah, the, Devontae it, Smith just got pretty open. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but even, even the touchdown the touchdown throw to A.J. Brown, everybody's like, I heard, I think, Bernsey and Holmes saying he got lucky. He didn't get lucky. He threw it to a number one wide receiver who he trusted to make the play and adjust, and he threw it in a place where he could do it, and it worked. There was another one that got, uh, there was another deep ball to A.J. Brown that got broken up yeah. by, a, by a Chiefs DB, but he was going to catch that one. That that was another perfect throw. There were so many accurate throws on short stuff, on medium range stuff, and on deep stuff. And that was a big question coming in because after the shoulder had gotten hurt, his accuracy had gotten worse. Yeah. Even in the two playoff wins, the accuracy was worse. So, yes, running quarterback template can work if you are as accurate and aggressive and confident as he is. And we all think that Justin Fields could be those I things. I mean, I think that Justin Fields is a more naturally talented thrower. And historically, he was a thrower. He wasn't a runner. Mm-hmm. The running stuff was like pure natural athleticism and like high school football stuff. He didn't run like that at, at Ohio State, Justin Fields. Did. He, he ran that way out of necessity. Yeah. Feel, uh, Hertz largely runs that way out of design. They run a ton of zone read, and they have this unbelievable run-blocking offensive line, and that's just how they're designed to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh but he, so he, I think that Fields is still like more naturally gifted in that way. But it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, man. Like, Hertz is going to get paid. He's going to get paid big. Mm-hmm. The rest of that roster will not be as good because that's just how it works. And two weeks ago, I would have said, that's a look for them to fall off. And after watching that game, I don't know. He might actually be that elevator. 
the guy who elevates the play of those around him and is special enough with both uh, his his legs and his arm where he can be, you know, a top 10, maybe top 5 NFL quarterback. And I I did not expect to come out of that game feeling that way about him. Yeah. I was very impressed. I, 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 you should be. I think I think a lot of, a lot of folks were. Um, because, like, it, what do you think he looks like if he doesn't have, like, like remove Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson? I still think he's very good. Yeah, no, I think he's. I think he showed in a year where the conversation was: is it him or is it system, et cetera, and is it is it the pieces? I think he showed that it is. Uh, it's a huge portion of him, and we knew that he had the stuff. You know that he's got the confidence, the poise, the maturity, the work ethic, the leadership skills. We've known that he had all of that. And if part that's why I picked Philly is because if the question was, is Jalen Hurts going to screw up and be the reason they lose? I didn't think that was a yes. I did not think that was a yes. And he did have the one, the, the inexplicable fumble that ends up being a touchdown. And, and you could say that that, that that killed him. But really it was Mahomes going out there and taking it in the second half. I just... I, I don't I know that Justin Fields was more of a passer for the bulk of his college career than Hertz was. Hertz was at Oklahoma and Hertz has worked at it, but I don't I don't know that I have seen Justin Fields be as consistently accurate as he's going to need to be. It still needs to be proven, man, especially on the short stuff, on the stuff that should be gimmies and he knows it as has been saying it this week. So if there are Bears fans out there that are like Show me the consistency now, Justin. Show me the accuracy now. I think that's absolutely correct. He still needs to show that. I agree. I'm saying that I think he has the arm talent and he had the efficiency and the accuracy in college. And if you gave him another year, which, right, Hurts is a year ahead of him. Yep. And, like you said, Sometimes it's not luck if you throw it up to A.J. Brown oh, yeah, no, they, with a 10-foot catch radius. The Bears don't have anyone like that. That game made a pretty good case for T. Higgins. Yeah. I mean, the NFL makes a pretty good case yes. for, for, for T. Higgins. But, but Just like, like the, the state of football. He's got, he's got two. And Goddard. The fact that, you know, we don't talk about Devontae Smith enough. First round pick that they traded up for. Heisman winner. Yeah. Heisman Heisman winner who dominated college and they traded up for him and they got him. And what an unbelievable security blanket as as a possession receiver. And it's a guy you know and have a relationship with as well. But he peppered him early and then got A.J. Brown involved because he's got... He's got options, and he's got two unbelievable options that he trusts like crazy. Texter says that I'm misstating the argument. He said all the guys that I listed were also capable passers. So far, Justin has not exhibited that skill set. I, am I misstating it? Kaepernick was not a very capable passer, and that was the ceiling. That was part of his uh, his, his ceiling and, and why they well, did not win it. But all of those guys were questioned about themselves being passers. I'm not saying that Justin today could win a Super Bowl or that Justin today is a good enough passer to win a Super Bowl. I'm saying that that style of quarterback, like the dual threat nature of it, the, the quarterback that leads all quarterbacks in rushing yards, right? Justin Fields was, what, fifth in the NFL this year in rushing? Mm. Fifth or sixth? Uh, that every year there's a quarterback like that that's in the top mm-hmm. 10. That guy, normally the narrative has been he runs too much, he's going to get hurt, he runs before passes, you have to be able to move the ball from the pocket, you can't win big with that guy. 
And I'm not saying that you don't also need to be able to throw the ball from the pocket. Yeah. Of course you do. But Lamar added it to his game in his MVP year. He has regressed and been inconsistent, and they literally spent mm-hmm. less money than any team in the NFL on receivers this year. So still want to see him with a number one. But like Cam Newton was up and down in that, sure. in that way. Kaepernick, Vic, they were up and down in that way. Fields is like so strident against ever running for 1,000 yards again. I think he was doing it to survive, and he thinks of himself more as a passer that is a good athlete who can run as opposed to a running quarterback. I don't think he sees himself as a running quarterback, mm-hmm. even though he almost set the single-season rushing guard no, record for quarterbacks. I don't think he does, but he did what, what Luke Getze pivoted to because Getze thought it would work, and then it did work. It was interesting to see so many key moments there where they went back to the quarterback run, to the design quarterback run. I think Hertz had 12 of his 70 yards as scramble yards, Everything else was designed. So, you, you know, ideally, if Justin does evolve as a passer, to still have that quarterback run in the back pocket is a pretty great thing because there's math reasons why it works. I hope that um, the Bears fans know, and you know Luke Getze knows, that the offense to watch last night and to aspire to and to steal from was Philly, not Kansas City. It, it, Philly is the, is the model, as we know. Philly is the model, and schematically what they were doing last night, all the usage about the quarterback and, and, and taking advantage of his skills and, and, and using the threat of the run to create other things, that's, that's who you watch, and that's who you want your offense to evolve into over the next couple of years, not Kansas City. Well, listen, I would take it evolving into Kansas City. But it's very unlikely. You know, I, 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 would, I would take it because what the Chiefs do is the thing that is the, mo- is the safest, the great, great, great quarterback. But Getze did this year what Nick Sirianni did last year, and that is pivot to the quarterback run-centric thing. And then Sirianni showed, and Shane Steichen, who's now going to be the new Colts coach, they showed how you add to it and evolve from that. And I'm saying that's where Getze needs to get I, in, no, this, I, in this moment right here. Oh, no, I agree. Like, I want a lot of things. I can't have them. The, the path to Justin Fields being great is much more the Philly blueprint mm-hmm. than the Kansas City blueprint. The Kansas City thing, man, is... I don't know. It, it, it's, it feels kind of one of one. I mean, Doug Peterson's probably trying to do it with Trevor Lawrence. And he's got a guy who's pretty damn good at it. And he's pr- pr- pretty damn good at it. But this, Mahomes is special. And Reed is special, and it was just this perfect coach-quarterback match that will never be broken up until Andy Reed retires, but he's not going anywhere, and there's no coordinator that could get hired away that would disrupt that thing. And so they're just they're just entrenched. I, Pat, uh, Travis Kelsey's going to retire at mm-hmm. some point, and they'll have their next guy. Whoever it is, they'll they'll, they'll find them. They'll they'll find and they'll keep him adjusting. and, and about, develop and adjust. How yeah. about how about how much Andy Reid used two and three tight ends last night? You know, uh, just taking advantage of that. Texture says uh, WTF is Spiegel talking about KC has a pretty good offense. Talking about style. Talking about yeah, I mean, Chiefs scheme. have the number one offense in the NFL. Yeah, of course they have a good offense, but but you're not going to become that. You could become what Philly is offensively because they started from the same starting point with a similar quarterback in terms of skill set. Yeah, I just do you think because so much of sports conversation is rings culture and results based and black and white and 
Angelo Cataldi, you either win and you're great or you lose and you suck even if you come uh-huh. in second place. Like, uh, <laughs> Honestly, like, do you think that it'll still be you can't win a Super Bowl with a running quarterback after we just after that, saw that game from Jalen Hurts? Like, wouldn't that be? It shouldn't be. You just look, Probably like, will be, though. You just lack so much, like, you, you just need, like, a shred of imagination and forecasting to be able to see that this is where the league is, has been, uh, and certainly is going. I have an update on the uh, Cataldi uh, email exchange. Um, for those who don't know, we asked uh, Angelo to come back on because um, Danny wanted to dunk on him here in his uh, his dotage in his retirement week. Angelo said, no thanks, Matt, and tell Danny to go F himself. Yeah, and so you have an update. Yeah, I, I responded. I said, I told him that on the air, so you continue to be a gift from the content gods. Nice. Then I said, many are asking, quote, is Angelo serious or leaning into some shtick, unquote. And he responded, I'll keep you guessing, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Sir- All right, so it's unfortunately stick. <laughs> you think it's sh- you think it's stick now? I think so. Yeah, that that response leads me to believe that it is. Hmm. Okay, oh, I I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a guy masterfully towing the line <laughs> in his final week. Yeah, and I remaining think- in the head of good old five. Hindsight being twenty twenty. Why would he ever say yes to doing that? <laughs> the guy's in his final week. His team just lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. The audacity that we had. Odyssey. Odyssey. No, I don't, don't, don't do that. That's not my bit. That's okay, yours. that's my bit. The audacity that we have to reach out to him and get him to, to do that. I know. I told you. I told you I didn't like making the request. I told it you. It was a good ask. It was a good. For was, content, it, I agree. So, yeah. Well, that's what we do. It turned into a good segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for content, I agree. That's that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, like that, that was it was a good ask for for you know like from like a radio from a person from, from, from a radio show. Uh, God, that's what we're doing here. Mm. So there's ten hours of pregame, four hours of the game, and post. That's a lot of opportunities for people to say dumb things into microphones. We got it all for you next on the score. Hey, Twitter world, yours truly. Well, it's the day after the Super Bowl. I'm a little sad. Oh, O.J. Simpson's a little sad. That makes all of us sad. Oh, God. Some Every once in a while, I get uncomfortable when I think about how O.J. Simpson's voice is part of the subconscious of this show. Yeah. You know, Tanny just drops him in, adding his unique perspective. Well, I just think it's weird that you force him to. We're all just like, no, it's inappropriate. It's not good. And Speaks is like, I love O.J. Simpson. O.J. That's what you say all the time. I actually do kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. So I just Are you think, a little sad? I do get a little sad. Day after the Super Bowl? I get a little sad. There are so many people who are worse that have murdered. You know? Hmm. So many people who are worse that have murdered. Yeah. There are worse people out there who have killed people. <laughs> Same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, you seem confused by my phrasing, so I'm so trying to vary it. on the spectrum of murderers. OJ's not that bad. He's o- not the worst no. of the murderers? No, he's not. Yeah. He's not. Why? I agree with that. Because he's not. Because of how good he was running the football? No, no, no. Just the, the content and entertainment that he's given us after the fact. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Twitter world, it's me, OJ Mahomes. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, listen to that guy. Yeah. It was entertaining. I see what you're attempting to say. It was entertaining when, it. He, when yeah, he tried yeah, yeah. to steal back his own Heisman and yep. rob a, a guy of a whole bunch of memorabilia with a gun. Yep. 
I, I'm that just was the only one with the balls big enough to say it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Hmm. Not gonna fire me. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you're way too successful and important to this show uh, in order to be fired. But it uh, is a uh, so yes. Am I upset that it's the day after the Super yeah. Bowl? Yeah, it's a long time. Don't look the- at it as the day after the Super Bowl. Look at it as two days before pitchers and catchers report. Okay. No. Look at it that way. No, Danny. No. I got a I got I got a football hook for you that'll make me feel better. Uh, oh, 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 really? Oh, yeah. I mean, for, that's gonna be five o'clock. I got I the way, the way to make this time <sighs> in all of our lives tolerable. But yesterday, uh, it always happens. There's always dumb things that are said. Ridiculousness. It's too long of a production, right? We do two weeks of build up and pregame, mm-hmm. and then. We get 10 hours of pregame. So it's very difficult uh, for any of that stuff to to feel fresh. But um, hmm. Chris Berman was a part of the festivities. And I, I checked over and was watching some of his postgame uh, afterwards while I was waiting to record uh, First and Pod, which you should all check out, subscribe, rate, review. But um, he had uh, a fun fact that I'm not so sure if it was a fun fact. Also, of course, two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights in case you missed it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? All right, so let me get this straight. The, uh, the coincidence of it being Abe Lincoln's birthday is worth pointing out because he freed the slaves? I be- is that what he means? I, I believe that's an like, emancipation proclamation reference. reference. Also, of course, two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl yes. for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go oh. with the highlights and... Got you think it. he went rogue there? Did someone write that for him? Oh, no, I think he went rogue. <laughs> I think he thought it was an extra unique way of pointing out here in the middle of Black History Month, uh, something that maybe folks didn't think about. But what it comes off as is like, to celebrate these black quarterbacks, let's really celebrate the white guy who allowed them to have these possibilities in this country. It also is was just shoehorned. You're doing the fastest three minutes. You're doing the highlights. I know, but it's, you no. don't need to do any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't need to mention that it's two black quarterbacks. It's, it's fine. It's true. It was historic, and it, that would have just been enough. But he's never, he never just does one thing. He always does the reference, and then the reference to the reference, and then the reference to the reference to the reference. <laughs> also, of course, two African American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time, fittingly. February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Oh, that's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> Texture says he would have stuck the landing if he ended with a shout-out to the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah, yeah really tie the reference together. <laughs> yeah, just, I was like, oh, you're doing too much, Chris. You're doing, you do one of these live a year. On Monday Night Football, they're always recorded. Like, it's like, Susie's like, and now to boom. And he's like, Thanks, Suze. Yeah. And then he like starts the recording. Like, come on, they're always recorded. This is your one time to shine live. Don't improv. At least the highlights have happened within the last twenty four hours. Yes, I like that about those from yesterday. Yeah, th- right. Exactly. <laughs> so, thank you, Susie. Now let's go to yesterday's action, and we start at one o'clock in Buffalo. I'm like, oh my god. 
This is so cringeworthy. The one time he does it live, he decides to riff on black quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm like, no, boom, no. There's no winner here. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, awkward and unnecessary. Speaking of awkward and unnecessary, our guy, Wani's guy, I feel almost bad saying it because he sent us one bottle of Bradshaw bourbon. They've got 19 employees of Fox there. Why is Terry Bradshaw our master of ceremonies when Tom Rinaldi is in the building? I Tom Rinaldi is like the best sideline reporter mm-hmm. slash sports journalist. He's on the uh, the short list of like broadcast sports journalists, yeah. right? I, I give you a few that I'd rank above him, but like in terms of journalistic chops, how about how about or, or Michael Strahan? If you want to go with somebody who is also an entertainer, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Michael Strahan's just, on just the, Strahan's a talk show host, right? Good Morning America, yeah, right, yeah. I, abs- he can do anything, like absolutely that. could handle it. Burkhart could handle it. Aaron Andrews has done it before. Could handle it. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw. If it, if it was CBS, it would have been Nance because he, well, yeah, yeah. he strong arms everybody he, out of the way. He has that in his contract. The Por- podium represents a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. like, Tracy Wolfson's like, why are you stealing my microphone? Uh-huh. Uh, but Bradshaw, they like Bradshaw because he's folksy and he's wacky and he's Bradshaw. It was awkward with Terry and uh, Andy Reid. Well, congratulations, Clark. And big guy. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations, Dude. Andy. No, but how about those cheese? <laughs> Have a cheeseburger on us and enjoy their Hawaiian shirts. I will. I will. That's Congratulations, why Congratulations, Andy. Thank you. That's why what? What did Andy say there at the end? Bradshaw talked over it. Couldn't hear him over the waddling. Because <laughs> Andy's trying to play along, and he has set up some of the shtick with the cheeseburgers and the Hawaiian shirts. I mean, he leans into it, but waddle over here congratulations clark and big guy let me get the big guy in here oh god come on waddle over here oh my god you think you forgot his name i want to no no andy reed makes uh weight jokes at his own expense he makes cheeseburger jokes he 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 talks about being a chubby guy and so bradshaw is using Andy Reid's self-referential humor against himself, but he's doing it in front of 100 million people after he just won a Super Bowl. After he just won a Super Bowl. Waddle over here. Waddle over here. Yeah. And even just big guy. I can't tell you how many seemingly innocent, hey, big guy. Right. Moments I've I've gritted my teeth. You don't like big guy. I don't like big guy. Understandable. Sure. If I would like to... Reference myself and my large yeah. S, I, I can. But, yeah, of course. Know, that makes sense. Especially if I don't know you. Hey, and he knows Terry Bradshaw. Okay. And I, I bet Waddle you- over here. I would punch him directly <laughs> in the penis. <laughs> I, wow. That's, that's what you, I would do. That's where you would go for right it. his penis, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, that's I'll, I'll waddle over here. Oh, yeah, I'll waddle <laughs> right over to you, and then I will punch you directly in the penis. Point. <laughs> <laughs> You little penis puncher. I, I would do it. Point. I would do it. Well, congratulations, Clark. And big guy. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. Oh, Point. my God. <laughs> That's what he would get. <laughs> First, I would waddle over there. And then I would boink him in the penis. I was just like. How dare you? This is a weird choice by Fox. Uh, well, he's been doing it for a while. I, I know, but, but, but why? 
why do they do that? Because he's incredibly entertaining. He is entertaining. and, and He's his not stick, good at that role, though. But his shtick has always been that he's a little out of control. I can't believe they're letting this bumpkin do this thing. Yeah. And that's always been the shtick. So now that he is getting a little bit more out of control, they ought to get the giant hook and pull him off to the side of the Apollo Theater any any moment. Now. I don't know. We've talked a lot about getting rid of the sheepishness today for, for content. Fox isn't stupid. They know that Terry Bradshaw up there will likely give the best content, even if he's not going to get the best answers from people. You're right. And they're they looking to keep viewers at that point. Yeah, he he's a celebrity. Um, he's he's their six. He's their Terry Bradshaw's money guy with the Fox Super Six thing. No, yeah, he, I mean he's Fox Football Royalty. It's him and Jimmy Johnson for sure. Like they they treat him like a, like a king over there. And, they still and he, actively use him as part of multi level marketing. Yeah, but but you're right. Strahan's the option. Strahan is the choice there because he's a polished in his prime broadcaster who also was an all time great. Who so won a Super Bowl? So would have the respect of the guys on the podium. You're right. Absolutely. Str- Strahan is the answer. It's the natural one. Yeah, Strahan would be the move there because I was just watching him. I'm like, is he going to ask a question? Is he going to just <laughs> insult everybody? Like, 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 it was like hey, what, Fatso. What, what, hey, what, Fatso, hey, come here. What is he doing? Hey, Tubby. Tubby. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a remarkable. Let's any, talk to Tubby right now. <laughs> there were no questions. Uh, we, so uh. we have discussed uh, something that is going on in football that we feel like would help all of us out a great deal. Should it have been used at the controversial moment of yesterday's game? Next on the score. Kansas City's always already walked backwards, but Philadelphia is now indicating that there's not enough to overturn it. They're saying, come on back, Kansas City. Yeah, yeah I think they jumped the gun a little bit. I think that was wishful thinking. I like spicy Mike Pereira. You know, Mike gets in there, gets, throws a little spice in there. Overall, I thought a pretty clean broadcast for Burkhart, Olsen, Pereira, and the people over at Fox in terms of the actual game broadcast. Nothing too glaring uh, on the negative side of it, certainly. But uh, Olsen gets another year as the number one analyst. And then, in theory, Tom Brady uh, gets the next Super Bowl on Fox in two years if he goes through with it. A lot of, uh, lot of time for Mike Pereira because there were a bunch of weird replays that needed to be discussed and sorted through that were very interesting and kind of right on the edge. The, what is a catch, again, needs to be addressed. Um, and uh, I have a thought on that at some point, but it's a long offseason. We've got plenty of time. Yeah, well, so there was, you know, the controversial moment of the game is the holding call that was called that some people think should not have been called, even though Bradbury said it was a hold. And so this played out in real time, obviously, during the Super Bowl, and there was a great moment in the broadcast between Olsen and Pereira discussing uh, the play and if it was actually a penalty. Mahomes, pressure, lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Hang on, there's a penalty. Prior to the pass, holding, number 24, defense, five-yard penalty, automatic, first down. Yeah, that's worst-case scenario. You'll see... James Bradbury, they're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen, I think on this stage, I, I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. I think, I don't know, I think you let him play, finish this thing out. I don't love that call, Mike. I mean, I think you got to see the whole thing. It seemed to me at the initial break, he grabbed the back of the jersey and pulled it. If we see that, I think that is a hold. 
Yeah, I mean, let's go back to this penalty. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Mike. He's trying to run a little whip route, Show, sell the shallow cross. I know he's got that right hand. I get it. I just, I just think in this moment, oh, man, that is a game-altering penalty. How about Greg Olson relating to us as viewers, knowing that it's basically going to end the game, and it sucks to end the game on that? Yeah. He was basically saying in that moment, you don't want that call. And of course you don't want that call, but you also don't want the refs making decisions based on what they think we do or do not want. That's just a slippery slope that is going to lead to horrible situations. But I think what you were asking is interesting. Would referee assist slash sky judge slash we don't really know exactly what it is. Even Mike Pereira is confused by it according to his appearance with us. Is that a spot where that could have been used, should have been used, would have changed anything? Well, see, here's the thing. As far as I can tell, after our conversation with Pereira and doing a lot of reading about it, because we've been covering this a while, yeah, there is the system that exists now, which is New York has the reviews and they look at it, but there is referee assist or expedited review, as we've seen it called. And so there can be in your ear as an official, hey, uh, no, pick up that flag. They're allowed to do that now. The other model that we're talking about for the future is Sky Judge, where there's an extra member of the crew who's there, who's on site and on headset the entire time with a bunch of monitors and the reviews right there. So my question is, like, right now, expedited review is probably not going to say, hey, we've not been calling that all game to suddenly call it now is inconsistent and, and we shouldn't do it, which is right. they're not going to do that with, I, I, nor with, do I think they should with, with Scott, but you don't think, but, but we talked about it earlier. They weren't calling ticky tack stuff like that. Well, there hadn't been, there hadn't been a whole a defensive holding call called, all game. And and there's there And are, then there was at the end, but right. but it also was a hole. I know, but it wasn't earlier in the game. So Bradbury and these other DBs are led to believe, oh, they're calling it like this. I'm good. I I I, I, I mean, do that I'd, for a split I'd, second. I'd have to see one earlier in the game. I saw a couple where they, find them. Where they where they got where they got away with it. And they're not machines, man. It's uh-huh. just gonna be so hard to have it be perfectly consistent. At all times. So let me ask you this. Would you want the referees to gather at that point and say, hey, we haven't been calling that all game. We can't call it right now. This game's going to end like that. We, we can't do that. We, we, it, that's not consistent with the way we're calling the game. I think you got a little tight and you made that call. Let's pick it up. Would you want a crew to do that on the field? I, I mean, I think how you just said it would have felt better. Yeah. I don't know that that is a reasonable ask of human beings without a technology assist. And I think with Sky Judge, that possibility is more on the table because that person is considered a part of the crew and is there the whole time right. as opposed to just a disembodied voice of expedited review and a guy in New York. Yeah, no, that you can't ask them to do that. I think like when when the crews get together and pick it up, that's fine. I I want transparency, man. I I want them to be ta- to to hear their conversations and talk about it. But should they in the letter of the the law, which is what these referees are supposed to do? Yeah, it doesn't say in there. Well, 
it's the last two minutes, so we don't want the game to end like that. I agree. I agree. It doesn't. Or, or we, did, we didn't call that in the first but, quarter, so now we need to call it in the fourth quarter. It doesn't say that. But it's somewhere it does say that you're supposed to be consistent with it. Well, no, it, 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 it's, it, it defines what defensive holding is, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to call it if you see it, if it impedes the receiver's ability to you yes. know, run their route unobstructed or whatever after they get a yard past the line of scrimmage. Whatever the technical uh, writing of the rule is of defensive holding, I don't think it says, like, and if you call it tight in the first quarter, you need to call it tight in the fourth quarter. I think that's just like an accepted athlete thing of over the course of the game – you're feeling out the refs. The refs yeah. are feeling you. But that's like unwritten stuff. I, I think that's, you, I think you that's probably what I'm true. Yeah. I, I do. I do. But but I think I'm okay in concept of a crew gathering and saying, "Hey, I I, I don't think that 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 call, like I saw it, and that's not the right call uh, right now based on how we've been calling this game." Yeah. I'm okay with that as a concept. I am too. I am too. I just think in that scenario you're also going to lead to a little bit more confusion and controversy. Mm-hmm. If you, because th- we see it, man, a hundred something million people watch that Super Bowl. Let's call what? 40 million of them. Pretty hardcore football fans. Yeah. What do you think the split is? Was that defensive holding? Yes or no? I say the answer is yes. For I, the most for the most part, it is, and it, but I, but, I th- but I think a lot of people say no. You know what I mean? Like I I think a lot of people think that's because we do feel gypped as an entertainment product, right? And then it becomes an ethical question: Should that be in the mind of the referees? And the answer to that is no, because it's a sl- it's just I'm not it, sure it, I agree with you. It's asking way too much. That's an impossibility. You heard Greg Olson say it. He's saying, man, at this point in the game, making a call like that. I'm but a, so, but so when let them play. But so, what, what about with four minutes left? Are we supposed to let them play then? Nice. Are we supposed to call it? No, I mean, you, you can let them play. You can let them play at four and, minutes. And, what I about mean, at if, six minutes? I mean, if it's not so incredibly obvious, I look at that and looked on the replay, and of course, then it becomes subjective. Did that hold alter the route and the path and render him unable to complete his route? I don't think so. Looking at that subjectively, having watched it a bunch of times, I feel like it's like a tiny little pinch of the jersey and then he lets him go. And Juju Smith-Schuster is a very strong man whose momentum was not affected by yeah. it. I mean, and I don't want that called every time. I, I, I don't want it called every time. And it wasn't called. And it was a pretty cleanly. Like it was it was a pretty clean game mm-hmm. overall. I Listen, I want it decided on the field like everybody else. I didn't like how it ended yeah. either. I just think that we are we have gotten to a point. With the zoom in, the slow motion, the HD TV, the 30, 40 cameras, the referee in the booth. Like, it, it's hard. It's a hard, hard, hard job. I totally agree. And so asking them to do anything beyond call it as they see it based on how the rules are written because one ref might say, "Oh, I gotta let him play." Then the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, no, or, I hear you. or I well, I gotta, I gotta, I'll let him play for the last two you. minutes. But no, my, my cutoffs last my, five minutes. My main thing is, I do want consistency from beginning of game to end of game because players adjust. Everybody my, would like that, much, yeah. much like they do in the NBA. Players adjust. How much contact am I allowed here as I'm boxing out? You know, and, and you learn that. How much contact as I'm covering? Be great question for Jalen uh, Johnson when we uh, when we speak to Jalen. 
yeah. again. Like who's do, there? Yeah. So do you, do you adjust as as to the way that the game is being called along the way and trust yourself to do more, and then you expect that level of consistency? Yeah, he was on the field for the Walter Payton Man of the Year mm-hmm. uh, st- ceremonies when as a, as the Bears nominee. So we could have asked Jared Payton about that, who was great with us earlier in the show. You can get your questions in for one last thing. Taney's Open was spectacular as always. We'll kick off the five o'clock hour with that, and the Bears are on the clock. Just ask them, and they're telling us all about it next on The Score.